let's get into the Word of God tonight. Study the Word. Study the Bible. 1 Peter 5.8. Let's turn there. 1 Peter 5.8. 1 Peter 5.8. Uh, I, I really was seeking the Lord about what to speak on tonight. And I, you know, when, I, when Sunday comes to a close, then unless we're doing a series or something like that, which I kind of already know the topic, then it's not as, you know, because we know what we're doing as far as the topic. But when we're not doing a series or something like that, then when Sunday closes the service, I begin seeking the Lord for Wednesday night, you know. And then when Wednesday night closes, then we start up looking to the Lord for direction for Sunday. You understand? And uh, all I can tell you this morning when I woke up, I had this in my, my spirit, this word resist, resist, resist. And so I'm just going to teach on resisting tonight. So we'll just see what happens. So 1 Peter 5, 8, 1 Peter 5, 8, the Bible tells us the apostle Peter speaking under the direction of the Spirit of God said to be sober. That just means to be alert and watch. Be alert and watch. And be vigilant. That means give strict attention to. So we're supposed to be alert and watch and give strict attention to. Why? Because your adversary, the devil. You know there is a devil, isn't there? And he's our adversary. And he walks about like a roaring lion. Like a roaring lion. Now, the Bible didn't say he was a roaring lion. The Bible said he walks about like a roaring lion. Okay? Now, what's he doing? He's seeking whom he may devour. He's seeking whom he may devour. One version puts it this way. He's seeking those who will give him permission to devour them. You know, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he defeated the devil, didn't he? In the powers of darkness, did he not? But yet the devil's still out there, isn't he? He's still out there and he's still roaring. And if you don't know who you are in Christ, if you don't know some things about the word of God, then the devil can take advantage of you. The Bible says if we're ignorant or unlearned of the devil's devices, he can take advantage of us and he can devour us. And so even though Jesus defeated him through his death, burial, and resurrection, the devil still is in, he's still here in the earth. You understand that? And he's going about, what's he doing? He's seeking those who will, who will give him permission to devour them. But then that next word in, in verse 9 says, resist, resist, resist. Resist. Real loud. With everything that's in you, say resist. Resist. One more time. Resist. Resist. Resist him. Resist him. The Bible said to resist him. Well, that word resist means to take a stand against. Take a stand against him. Take a stand against him. Steadfast. In the faith, or in faith. Uh, that means no doubting. When you resist the devil, you can't be, do it in doubt. If, you, if, there's, if there's any doubt about you, it's, it, 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 then it's not going to work. 
Uh, well, let's put it this way. Did you know animals, at least I've been told this, and I've found it to be true, at least in my experience, like a dog. A dog knows when you're afraid of it. Now, the devil knows when you're in doubt. If you resist him in doubt, it's not going to work. I, now, I don't know about a dog, but I know a lot about a junior high classroom. <laughs> and if those students know that you're afraid of them, they've got you. And they're going to torment you. I mean, maybe in some cases worse than the devil himself. Did you hear me? But if you go in there and you say, I'm doing the talking, you're doing the listening. <laughs> and you do it and you know, you know that you've got authority and you're not afraid of them and they know you're not afraid of them. Then you can have control in that classroom and run it and, and teach those kids something. I've had kids come up to me years later. We'd run into them at the mall. And they said, Mr. Shield, we need, you weren't like some of the other teachers. I mean, we were afraid of you. But you know what? We, and we didn't like your class at the time, but oh, we're so glad now that you made us pay attention and we learned something in your class. Well, when you resist the devil, you have to do it in faith with no doubting. And when you do something in faith, remember, faith has nothing to do with your physical senses. In other words, you don't have to see something. You don't have to hear something. You don't have to feel something, smell something. You understand that? Which one did I miss? Taste, you know, you understand? Thank you. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen or perceived with the physical senses. Now, that's important because in our next verse that we're going to look at, James 4, 7. Let's go there. <clears throat> James 4, 7. Let's turn over there. <coughs> so, we know we're supposed to do what? Resist the devil. How are we supposed to resist him? In what? In faith. With no doubting. Now, notice this. James 4, 7 says, Submit to God. Now, it goes on to say, resist the devil. There's that word resist again. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, notice this. We read in that last scripture that when we resist him, we need to be in what? In faith. Here we find out that we need to be submitted to who? Submitted to God. We need to be submitted to God. Then we can resist the devil, take a stand against him, and he will what? He will flee from you. Now, a lot of times folks just want to resist the devil without submitting to God. Now, it won't work. If you're not submitted to God, then you can resist the devil till you're blue in the face. And the devil doesn't have to flee. Do you understand that? If you're not submitted to the... Well, how do I submit to God? You submit to His Word. 
Did he say in his word to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together? So people who don't ever, Christians now, who don't ever assemble themselves together in the local church setting, now, now, now if they know they're supposed to and they don't do it, are they submitted to God? No. So when the devil comes knocking on their door, they can resist him, but he doesn't have to go anywhere. Did you hear me? So you need to walk in all of the light of the word of God that you have. You need to be submitted to God. And if you'll submit yourself to God, then you'll be in faith. And then there'll be a confidence about you. And when you resist the devil, he'll have to flee. You need to submit to God in every area of your life. And walk in all the light of the word of God that you've got. And then, see, if you're not doing that, and you come up and you have, and the, the devil opposes you and you have to resist him and you're not walking in all of the, the light of the word of God that you have, that there won't be a confidence about you. You won't be able to resist him in faith. I know what, I've ta- what I'm talking about because I've been there. I've been in places where I've needed to resist the devil and I wasn't submitted to God in every area of my life and I, and I, didn't, I wasn't able to resist him and get the job done. Did you hear me? I remember one night years ago in the church I, I, I grew up in, and uh, I, it was a service much like this one, and at the end of the service, the pastor called a healing line, and uh, I had uh, loafed off all that day. I knew I was supposed to be studying and praying, but I loafed off all that day. Watched Flintstones, Gilligan's Island, and you know, and I show up at the service. And the pastor calls on me to lay hands on the sick and pray for him. Well, I surely wasn't submitted to God. Have you ever heard the empty hands on empty heads? Well, that night there were full heads there, but I had empty hands. And, 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 I was, and some of those people, they needed some help. Did you hear me? And so I wasn't submitted to God, and so I couldn't resist the devil with any confidence and have him flee. You know, sickness is of the devil. Did you know that? All right. And so I, I've learned this through experience. And, uh, and, and the devil's like, a, like a, a classroom of junior high students. I don't mean that ugly to the junior high students. But, but if you're not submitted to him, he does, he, he'll stand there and laugh you in the face when you resist him. Did you hear me? So I tell you what, we need to get ourselves submitted to God in every area of our life. Walk in all of the light of the Word of God that you have. And let me give you another tip. Don't wait till the devil's knocking on your door to get yourself submitted to God. You'll be at a disadvantage. Do you hear me? It's like that old commercial we saw back in the 70s, I guess, where that, uh, it was a, I think it was a cartoon where the, uh, I don't know, it might have been a cartoon, I think it was a cartoon, I'm not sure, but the, the guy was at the, the skinny guy was there at the beach with his girlfriend, you know, and this muscular guy comes up and kicks sand in his, in his face and takes the girl. You remember that? And so then the, the skinny guy, he went to their gym to start working out, you know. Well, he's a day late and a dollar short, isn't he? He's more than a day late. And if you join a gym membership, he's more than a dollar short, I'll guarantee you that. But you don't wait till the devil's knocking on the door to get submitted to God. Did you hear me? Live a life submitted to God. 
And don't go around like one lady told me one time. She said, I'm going out looking for the devil. No, don't go out looking for him. You've got better sense than that. Run with God. And I assure you this, the devil will show up at your door eventually. Did you hear me? And when he does, he'll find you. And that's what I try to do. The people come to this church. I try to arm you with the word of God. Arm you with the word of God. Load you full of the word of God. And when the devil comes knocking on your door and you open it up, you can hit him with a double barrel shotgun of the word of God and blow his head off. Whoo! Can you say amen? That's why I don't do a lot of storytelling and joke telling. And We're not here, let me tell you something, we're not here having a party time. We're here having a worship time and we're here having a word time. So when the devil comes knocking on your door, you open it up and you can hit him with a double barrel shotgun of the word of God and blow him right back to... Hell where he belongs, bless God. Or wherever it is he goes. You hear me? Did you hear me? Amen. So what do we do when the devil shows up? We resist him in what? In faith from a place of being submitted to God. And then the Bible says the devil will flee from you. Now that word flee actually... Um, it, you could say it this way. He'll flee. He'll run away from you as in stark, raving terror. Did you hear me? Because we resist him in the name of Jesus. That name that's above every name. And the devil is scared spitless of the Lord Jesus. Did you hear me? He's scared of him. Jesus defeated him when he was raised from the dead. Remember that? And the Bible said he spoiled principalities and powers. He brought them to naught. Glory to God. And you see, Jesus then gave us that authority. And he said, go into all the world and take my name and cast out the devil. Remember that? How many remembers him saying that? And he gave that authority to the church. And so what we have to do is we must submit ourselves to God. Then we resist the devil. We resist him in faith. And he will what? He will flee. Now, the reason faith is so important here is because, remember, faith has nothing to do with the way things look. Now, it's important, and I want you to get this. I've resisted the devil many times over the years. I've resisted him in my own life. I've resisted the devil on the behalf of other people. Being a pastor, I've laid hands on people in the name of Jesus, rebuke sickness, disease, you know. And... uh at the time, right when we rebuked it, now the Bible said, resist the devil and he will what? He will, he will flee. But we've done this over the years and when we did it at the time in the natural, it didn't look like anything happened. Did you hear what I just said? It didn't look like anything happened. Well, that's why you have to resist him in what? You resist him in faith doesn't go by what, by what we see. doesn't go by what it looks like or what it feels like or what it smells like or what it sounds like or what it tastes like. Did you hear me? It goes by this scripture right here. Did God say he would flee? Did God say he would flee? Then he has to what? He has to go. He has to. He has to. He, he has to or God's a liar. Now, which one? God's not a liar, so the devil has to flee. Is that right? 
Yeah, but pastor, he didn't go. Well, are you submitted in God, to God? Yeah. Did you do it in faith? Did you resist him in faith? Yes. Then the Bible says he has to what? He has to flee. Now then, I had an excellent man of God, a missionary, tell me this years ago. And it bears repetition. I could never say it to you enough. He came to me and he said, he's the one that Kenneth Copeland tells a story about. It's Terry Mize is the man's name. This um, um, He was a missionary in Mexico. And uh, he picked a hitchhiker up. And the pitch, hitchhiker, now this Terry Mize told me this story personally when I was about 19 years old sitting in my car because I got to chauffeur him around because he was in town preaching for the pastor I worked for and I got to drive him around. And he and I said, Did, I heard Brother Copeland tell this story on television. Now, would you tell it to me? And he told it just the exact same way. And I'm not 19, 20-year-old kid, just my eyes that big, you know, listening to him. As he said, the hitchhiker pulled a gun on him and said, you know, pull, stop the car down in Mexico. So they stopped the car. He got out front. So the guy said, get out. The guy told him to get out and meet me in front of the car. He said, well, while they was driving down the road, he said that uh, he was uh, resisting the devil in the name of the Lord Jesus, just under his breath. Now, he kept telling the guy, you can't kill me. But under his breath, he was talking to the Lord, too. And he said, now, he's got a free will. We can't keep him from pulling the trigger. But you can do something about the bullet. <laughs> Glory to God. And I'm sitting there, you know, I had, and then we got to where to the church and I'm sitting there listening. I'm glad I wasn't driving because my eyes were just listening to this. And, uh, he said, uh, he, he, so anyway, he got out and met the guy at the front of the car and the guy backed off from him and he said, I'm going to kill you. And Terry Myers said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you can't kill me. You might be able to pull that trigger, but you can't kill me. And so he said, watch and see. And the guy, six times, boom, 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 from about just, you know, point blank range. And he said, Terry Myers told me, he said, all six of those bullets, he said, I don't know how it happened, but he said, all six of them went right between my legs. Not a one of them hurt me. Glory to God. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. There's a man submitted to God, and he resisted the devil in faith. Amen. But when you resist the devil, a lot of times it doesn't look like anything happens. Now, some of the most outstanding testimonies that we've had in this ministry of healing, when I laid hands on the person and resisted the sickness, in the natural, if you'd asked me in the natural, I'd, I'd have had to say nothing happened. Because they didn't fall down, they didn't shake, shimmy, shudder, didn't feel goosebumps or nothing, didn't feel a thing. You know, some of the most outstanding answers to prayer that my wife and I that we've gotten over the years I've never felt a thing when, when, we, when we prayed well uh, do you have to feel something to be in faith no now I have times felt something there's times we felt the power of God feels like electricity much like it but uh, when you resist the devil you may uh, uh, very likely you won't see anything in the natural change at all but here's what this minister told me, Terry Mize. He said to me, he said, son, he said, here's what you need to remember in your life. And, and, and I said, all right, what is it? He said, if you want to be successful, and I could never say this to you enough, 
He said, you stay, once you've resisted the devil, you stay until he leaves. Did you hear me? You stay until he leaves. You stay until he leaves. Did you know that's one way you can discourage the devil? Is you just make a decision to stand until he leaves. I'm not leaving. He's going to have to go. Do you hear me? You stay until he leaves. Are you submitted to God? Are you walking in all the light that you have of the word of God? Yes. Did you resist him in faith with no doubting? Yes. Then when you resisted him in the name of Jesus, does he have to flee? Yes. And so you stay until he does. Did you hear me? Because I've watched situations where I've, I've submitted to God. The person I prayed for was submitted to God. We resist the devil in faith and, and he's got to flee. In some cases, he didn't flee right away, but he did, he did go. He did go. He did leave. He did go. Because God said he has to. He has to flee. Amen. Praise God. Well, I could stop right there and we could be blessed. Let me go ahead and just kind of go through my notes here. Let's see. Uh, well, resist the devil's temptations to sin. Has anybody in here ever been tempted to sin besides me? Did you know all that is not a faith is sin? How, how come it, why is it? I guess we've been trained this way. Uh, by religion, I guess, is when we say sin, we right away think, you know, committing adultery or, or, and that is sin, or getting drunk, and that is sin, or cussing, that is sin. But you know, speaking doubt and unbelief is just as much sin as cussing. Did you hear me? Well, if you've ever been tempted to sin, where did that temptation start? It always starts in the thought realm, doesn't it? Does it not? And when you're resisting the devil's temptations to sin in the thought realm, you do it, and I think this is significant, this will help somebody. You resist that by not staying, saying, or doing. When the devil throws a fiery dart at you, doesn't the Bible say? Look at Ephesians 6.16. Look at Ephesians 6.16. Take the shield of what? The shield of faith. Above all, he's talking about the, the armory of God there. Take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all, did it say all or some, <laughs> all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Well, there's that word faith. When we resist the devil, we resist him in faith. And with that shield of faith, we'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, the devil works in the thought realm. Did you realize that by now? Through what I call fiery darts. Now, those fiery darts could be things other than thoughts, but they certainly, I believe, are thoughts. Have you ever had a thought run through your head and you knew that it didn't originate with you? Well... Sometimes Christians think they sinned right there, but they didn't. You haven't sinned right there. I like what Brother Hagin used to say. He said, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, 
but you can sure keep them from building a nest in your hair. Is that right? And so the devil will throw fiery darts at us. What we have to do is be sure that when he throws those thoughts at us, look at 2 Corinthians 10.5. Let's turn there. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So any thought that runs through your head, through your mind, that is out of line with the word of God, has to be cast down and you need to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Now, what I do is this, is when a thought goes through my mind, well, actually, I'll get to that in a moment, the saying part of it. But when a thought goes through my mind that that I know is out of line with the Word of God, the first thing I do is I refuse to stay on it. Now, how do you resist? We're talking about resisting here. It looks like we're talking about resisting the devil's temptation and resisting the devil here tonight. Obviously, there's some people here that need to hear this. And in the thought realm, the first thing you do is... When thoughts go through your mind that you know are out of line with the Word of God, you know they originated with the devil and he throws thoughts through our minds. First thing, don't stay on those thoughts. Look at Isaiah 26.3. Don't stay on those thoughts. Teaching you how to resist. Because sin will start in that thought realm. See? And notice... Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is what? Stayed on you because he trusts in you. But notice where the mind has to be stayed. It has to be stayed on God and his word. Right? So when a thought goes through your mind that is out of line with the word of God, the first step in resisting it is refuse to stay on it. Now the trick that the devil uses is a thought goes through there that's not in that's you know it's out of line with the word of God right away he'll try to get you to think you've sinned. When that thought goes through there you haven't sinned, but the process of sin begins begins if you stay on it. Um you know it's it's interesting and and I just see how this works in here, but it's kind of like, you know, what you don't want to do is like, for example, if I stay online looking at a tie, I'm going to probably wind up at the store buying it. Even if I have more ties than I can wear from now till Christmas. Huh? Or if I need a, a, a bowling ball and I've already got one. And somehow or another, I go online and I stay online and I start looking at bowling balls. And Diane walks down the hall and I, and I switch the clicker back over onto my sermon. And Well, it's better than some things I could be looking at, you know. <laughs> 
And somehow, you know, and I'm serious how this works. Then you get to thinking, you know, if I had that red ball, I think it would carry the pins a little more than the, than the purple one. Well, I'm just, are, are you any different than me? Okay, you, you start looking at that dress, you ladies, and you've got enough dresses to wear, you know, a different dress every day, but you stay online looking at that dress or that pantsuit outfit. See, what are you, rings, okay. He's, he's telling on his wife. Jewelry, huh? You can go on there and look at jewelry. You can look at just about anything, can't you? So, so you know, particularly and very seriously, if you have trouble like with the credit card and using the plastic too freely, you know, it wouldn't be a good idea to go sit online. Is that right? Because if you stay your mind on that, what's going to happen? You're going to wind up probably at the store putting the plastic down. And in many cases, you don't even need it, need the thing. How many has ever done that besides me? Well, the same thing's true with a, sin, a, a sinful thing, and that can be sinful if it's driving you into debt and hurting your family. But if you stay your mind on it, now that, now then it, now that thing has taken root. Right? And then, so, so the first thing I do is I refuse by re, to resist a thought. <coughs> I refuse to stay my mind on that thought. And then the next thing I do, notice Matthew 6.31 in the King James Version. Matthew 6.31 in the King James Version. Go there. And Jesus said, take no thought saying. Take no thought saying. Take no thought saying. So how do you take a thought? You take it when you say it. And I'll put this in there when you act on it. I'm not... Adding to what he said there, I'm just saying we could go to other verses and see that when you act on something. But typically, you're, you know, the, the process is, is you'll stay your mind on it, then you'll speak it, and then you'll wind up doing it. So when the devil hits you with a thought that's out of line with the word of God, first, what, what do you do? Do not what? Don't stay on it. And then... Don't take that thought by speaking it. What I do is I speak contrary to it. You're going to get pancreatic cancer and die. Well, I'm not staying on that. Your brother died of that. It's going to get you. No, I'm not staying on that. And I'm not, I'm just teaching you illustration. That'll run through. Your dad died with a heart attack, you know, at 52. You know, I know I got to do some natural stuff, but uh, be quiet. Uh, but the point is, is that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna complicate, or I'm not gonna make matters worse by adding spiritual stuff, the spiritual end to it. You know, it's bad enough that I'm violating some things in the natural. Let's don't add the spiritual things on top. You know. Can't you have a little fun with me? Do you understand what I'm talking about? When those thought, how many's ever had a thought that you're going to die young or some tragedy or something's ever gone through? Don't stay on it. And then don't speak it. And then don't act on it. Did you hear me? 
So I don't take it by saying, well, my dad died at such and such, so so am I. I'm not taking that. No, I'm not taking that. No, I'm saying with long life, will he satisfy satisfy me and show me his salvation? Amen. Amen. See? So that's how it works. And then you don't wind up dying young or whatever it is or committing a sin. Are you okay? So when a thought goes through, what do you do? Don't stay on it. Don't take it by saying it or acting on it, right? Now, what do you do? Uh, what do you do if you find yourself staying on a thought? Or you've taken a thought and you shouldn't have done it. You, what do you do? You run to the throne of grace. That's what the Bible says. Uh, run there before you sin. Now, one minister, and I agree with him, he said, he said, don't run from Jesus when you sin, run to him. And I agree with that. But I want to just say something else. Run to Jesus before you sin. And and if you'll go very quickly, go to Hebrews 4.14. Go there very quickly. I'll just get as much of this in as I can. Go there real quickly. Hebrews 4.14. 4.14, Hebrews 4.14, New King James Version. Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our what? Our confession. Watch what you say. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points what? Tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come How? boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And what that really is making reference to is in a time when we're being tempted. Now, it could apply to other situations, but it primarily has to do with a resisting of sin. You run to Jesus. Wouldn't it be better to run to Him and talk to Him about it before you do it than have to go to Him afterward? It is embarrassing, I don't care, to have to go and ask him to forgive you for committing some sin. Why don't we run to him before we sin? That's part of his ministry. Run to him before you sin and talk to him about it. And look at Hebrews 12.4. Look at at it. Look at Hebrews 12.4. Notice what he did when he was here in his earthly ministry. The Bible says, you have not yet... There's that word again. You have not yet, what? Resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. Jesus never sinned. In the Garden of Gethsemane, remember? He's resisting. Look, he said, if there is any other way, let this cup pass. There was no other way. But he was looking for another way, wasn't he? And, but he, he, you know, and, and any other way would have been out of the will of, of his father. And the Bible said that he dropped, he, he sweated, as it were, drops of blood. What was he doing there? He was striving against sin, and he did it in prayer. And that's what we must do when when the devil hits us with these temptations. And and, and sometimes they can be pretty strong. What we do is is we run. I'm talking about how to resist the devil. Run to the throne of grace and ask Jesus to help, and he'll show you how did he resist the devil did he just say no or did he say it is written he said it is written and he'll take you he'll show you he'll show you how how did he resist him through it is written and then you go after you've spent time with god
God and you've over right before the throne of grace, right before the Lord Jesus. And, and, and I'm telling you, there's an empowerment that comes and then you can turn and look the devil in the eye and, and resist him in the name of the Lord Jesus and he has to flee and then you go sin free. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. Amen. Well, that's in the area of sin. What about just a few more things and then we'll dismiss. <coughs> what about resisting sickness and disease? Let me just talk to you about that. Look at Luke 4.38. Look at Luke 4.38. I've got about five or six minutes. Let's, let's go there. Luke 6.30. I'm sorry. Luke 4.38. How do you resist sickness and disease? Well, there's two ways you can do it, in word and in deed. Now, notice here, Luke 4.38, He arose from the synagogue, Jesus did, entered Simon Peter's house. Uh, Simon's wife's mother was sick, that's Peter's mother-in-law, with a what? A high fever. They made request of him concerning her. So he stood over her, and what did he do? He rebuked the fever, didn't he? And it left her, and immediately she arose and served them. Well, what should a healed lady be doing here in this case? She just got healed. She arose and served. But how did he resist the fever? He spoke to it, didn't he? He spoke to it. So when it comes to sickness and disease, how do you resist it? You submit yourself to God, and in faith you speak to it, and you you, you curse it. And command it to leave in the name of Jesus. Don't go to the Father and ask the Father to remove the sickness and disease. It won't work. That praying don't work. How do you deal with sickness and disease? You speak to the sickness, to the disease. God's done all He's going to do about sickness and disease. And now He's given the authority to you and me as the church. And we resist it and we come against it in the name of the Lord Jesus with our words. What did He do? He rebuked it with His words. And then something else I'll just tell you from personal experience as it pertains to resisting sickness and disease. And I do this. I'm not telling that you, telling you you have to do it. I, I've done this. I refuse to lay down under it. Now, I didn't say I refuse to lay down and rest. I didn't say that. What I said is I refuse to lay down under it when I have an assignment to do for God. There's been times over the years, uh, particularly, I know, Wednesday nights, there's been some humdingers, hoot nannies of Wednesday nights, things that have happened to me. And uh, times I've been ill and different things where, you know, I just, I'd, it'd been easier to just stay home. But I've got an assignment here at 7 o'clock and uh, my hot little high's always been here 15 years now. I've had perfect attendance, glory to God. I wonder if there's going to be an award for that in heaven, I don't know. But he does reward faithfulness, doesn't he? And I don't lay down under it. I don't lay down under it. I said I don't lay down under, under and, and, to the, and over the years I've watched. You know, if you don't lay down under it, you'll frustrate the devil. I run into Christians, I mean the littlest old thing will happen, the wind will change directions, and they can't do the assignment of God. Now, like Russ Melman, he has an assignment here at 7 o'clock. It's Wednesday night for probably, how long? 25 years, Wednesday night's been his church night, along with Sunday morning. That man was in the hospital two nights ago, had surgery. I was there, visited him, and now it's Wednesday night. He's in the house of God. He's not laying down under it, you see? Now, if there was ever a time for him to pick to miss a Wednesday night, this would have been a good one. Is that right? But he's here. Amen. 
What's Russ doing? Sitting there. He's resisting the devil. Yeah, but he's not up screaming and yelling at the top of his lungs. No, see, we've missed it a lot of times. We think we have to scream and yell at the top of our lungs. I've watched a lot of Christians scream and yell at the top of their lungs, but they don't even go at the devil, and, and they wonder why the devil doesn't flee, but they don't ever hardly ever go to church. How bad do you want the devil to flee when you resist him? See, just that man being here tonight, he's resisting the devil. Did you hear me? Huh? There's other people here tonight. Just you, you being here, just you being here, and you decided I'm not going to lay down, and, I, and, you, and, 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 and you'd have every right to, but by God, you're not going to lay down. You're going to stand against the devil. Amen? That woman right there. You've got, there's every reason in the world for you to not be here tonight. There's, you know, but you've made it by God. You're, and I don't say that disrespectfully, but you're, you're resisting the devil just by sitting here tonight and being here singing for God. Amen. Do you hear me? Praise God. Hallelujah. So you don't have to do it always in words. You can do it in deeds. Is that right? How many of you remember? How many of you remember Jairus? Did bad news come to Jairus? Did bad news come to him? Your daughter's dead. Why trouble the master any further? But what did Jairus do? He didn't just quit. He continued to follow Jesus. Did he not? And he went over to his house and Jesus raised the little girl from the dead. Well, he could have very easily quit right there. But no, he made a decision. I'm going to, even though I got bad news, I'm going to continue to follow Jesus. Bless God. And I tell you what, I could, there's different people in this room. You've come up with, against adversity in your life. Things haven't gone just the way you thought they should. But you're still sitting in the house of God here tonight. You're still serving God. You're still going for God. And what are you doing? In, what are you showing in that? That you're resisting the devil, bless God. And he has to what? Flee. Did you get anything out of this tonight? And I could go on and on with this, and, and I think we've got just about everything in. Don't forget to resist the devil. We're coming up on, listen to me now, we're coming up on tornado season. Have we frustrated the devil with, with that over the years here? Have we broke him up? Yeah, and we're going to keep right on doing it. So I want to encourage you. Are you listening? If you're listening, say, I'm listening. So now when, when they're on there, Cindy, count on Kent and, and Dave. And they're putting the, and they're putting the, the bullseye on St. Louis, and they're going to blow us off the map. What do we do? We live a life submitted to God, and we resist in faith. And then those storms either have to. I give them a choice, multiple choice. I always gave multiple choice tests when I was teaching, so I give the devil multiple choice because he's too stupid to do fill in the blank. So we give him multiple choice. Amen. So he can go north, or he can go south, or he can break them up and dis- dissipate. A, B, or C. And he can't do D or all the above, or he can do any of those three. Amen? Are you in agreement with me? All right, ushers, come. Let's receive the tithes and the offerings. I hope you got something out of this tonight.